0: Episode 17, Ming Treasure Voyages, What the Yongle Emperor Desired. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. This episode is all about the seven maritime expeditions made by the Ming Dynasty's treasure fleet. We'll explore the reasons, necessity, and feasibility of the voyages led by Zhonghe He. First, what on earth did the Yongle Emperor Zhu Di, who had usurped the throne from his nephew, want? According to the article Zhonghu Biography in the book Ming History, the Emperor suspected that his nephew, Tianwen Emperor, was an exile, so he sent Zhonghu to command the fleet in search of him. At the same time, the book says the Emperor also hoped to show off the military might of the Ming Dynasty overseas and demonstrate China's wealth and strength. However, it was not logical for the Emperor to send a fleet across the South China Sea and the Indian Ocean to search for his nephew. We know that the Yongle Emperor Zhu Di was Zhu Yuanzhang's fourth son, but he was not his chosen successor. After the death of Zhu Yuanzhang's eldest son, Crown Prince Zhu Biao, the old Emperor left the throne to his grandson, Zhu Yunwen, who was the Jianwen Emperor. Later, Zhu Di started a war, and took the throne. He felt guilty, which was kind of understandable. He worried that his nephew would return, assisted by loyalists, if the fugitive Jianwen Emperor were still alive within the Ming Dynasty. However, if the nephew went overseas, it would satisfy his uncle, so why bother looking for him? More importantly, why send 20,000 people to do it? His approach was like telling his nephew in a loud holler, hey, Hey, I'm I'm searching searching for you." you. Therefore, it's logical to say that the search for the dethroned Jianwan Emperor was not a reliable reason for the Yongle Emperor to carry out these voyages. The book also says that Zheng He was dispatched to show off the imperial power of the Ming Dynasty, as well as its wealth. Is this viewpoint tenable? Well, let's see how large Zheng He's fleet was. There were more than 200 ships of various sizes. Among them, the larger ones were called treasure ships. There were 62 of those. The largest one recorded in history was more than 120 meters long and 50 meters wide. What do these figures mean? Well, 100 years later, the three vessels sailed by Italian explorer and navigator Christopher Columbus to cross the Atlantic were only a fifth of the size of Zhong He's treasure ship. What about the number of officers and soldiers serving in Zhong He's fleet? Well, that totaled between 25,000 and 30,000 people each time. Zheng He made seven voyages altogether and reached more than 30 countries. The estimated cost of each voyage was about six million taels of silver. The total spent of all seven voyages is almost equivalent to the sum of the three-year fiscal revenue of the Ming dynasty. So what did Zheng He gain from the voyages? Of course, the fleet brought back treasures, as well as the tribute from the many envoys from overseas countries. However, the value of all this was far less than the gifts Zhong He presented to overseas envoys. In other words, Zheng He's seven treasure voyages, if calculated financially, lost money. Even if the voyages were designed to show off China's wealth and naval power, was the cost too high? Since these faraway countries could not threaten the Ming Dynasty, was it necessary to send such a huge fleet? We can establish that the show of power was not the reason why the Yongle Emperor, carried out these treasure voyages either. You are listening to Some You Missing, Chinese. So why did he send Jung He away on seven maritime expeditions? Because the Ming Dynasty was able to and had to. After the development of the maritime Silk Road in the northern and southern Song and Yuan dynasties, Arabian and Persian merchants opened a route from China to Central Asia, Africa, and Europe. Plus, the shipbuilding technology was so developed that they were able to build ships that carried 500 or 600 passengers. Therefore, Zheng He's voyages were a feat accomplished with existing technology along the existing trade routes. This is why Zheng He could sail overseas. However, Zheng He and his boss, Zhu Di, the Yongle Emperor, did not focus solely on the overseas benefits, but on the domestic impact that aimed to increase the political prestige of the emperor. As we said earlier, the Yongle Emperor took the throne via improper means, so he always had a guilty conscience. He even moved the capital of the Ming Dynasty from Nanjing, where his father, Zhu Yuanzhong, had established it, to his base in Beijing. Moving the capital showed his lack of confidence. Zhu Di was an ambitious emperor. After he took the throne, he not only moved the capital and sent Zhenghua sailing west, he also led his army to fight Mongolia three times. These actions were designed to enhance his own prestige and make up for his improper succession. We can understand what the emperor valued most about the fruit Zheng He brought back from his voyages. For example, when Zheng He returned from voyage number five, the tributes he brought back included two qilin from overseas. The qilin is a magical creature of Chinese legend that looks like a unicorn. There was also an animal Zhong took back called hua fulu, meaning colorful happiness. It was a zebra. These were animals that had never been seen in China, so they were called auspicious beasts. Zhonghu also brought back lions, leopards, camels, ostriches, rhinos, antelopes, and other creatures that amazed the Ming court. These beasts were a tribute from countries the Ming dynasty had never before contacted. What an achievement! The prosperous scene of so many nations paying their respects to the Ming dynasty proved just how wise and bright the Yongle Emperor was. The Emperor was very happy and ordered the royal painters to illustrate the animals. Military officials and civilians were ordered to write poems and articles. We can see the biggest purpose of Zhonghu's voyages was to increase the political image of the Yongle Emperor. Although his voyages were a great feat, his prolific sailing career did not continue. Due to rampant piracy and the government's suppression of commerce, the Ming Dynasty enacted a severe maritime ban. Not even a plank could be dropped into the sea. The structural drawings of Zhonghuo's ships at the time were later burned by officials. Hu's voyages became a rare overseas legend of the Ming Dynasty because of the strict maritime ban. When the Ming Dynasty imagined life overseas, it was easy to use Zhonghuo's voyages as source material. There was also a novel, Eunuch Sanbao's Journey to the Western Seas, whose author was not quite clear about Zheng He's voyages. So the writer described the stories of the eunuch, Zheng Hu, who sailed to fight and kill demons with the help of Buddhist and Taoist gods. From there, we can see that Zheng Hu's voyages were an important resource for people in the Ming Dynasty to imagine the world outside of China. Every July 11th, China celebrates Maritime Day to commemorate Zhonghu's first voyage and honors its commitment to the International Maritime Organization. Did you know that a heavy rain was responsible for the demise of a dynasty during which the Great War was built? Italian merchant and explorer Marco Polo finished his masterpiece about China in prison. And the emperor proclaimed African giraffes as magical Chinese unicorns, qilin. Follow the podcast, Stuff You Missed in Chinese History, to learn more fun facts during the past few thousand years in this country with Patrick Flannery. That's all for this episode of Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. Thank you so much for listening. In our next episode, we'll talk about the most successful conquerors in the last imperial dynasty in Chinese history. I'm Patrick Flannery. See you next time. Special thanks go out to Sanlian Zhongdu for their help in creating the content for this show. If you like the podcast, please give us a rating and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen.